Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Watcher, episode number 250. Glad you could join us again on this Tuesday night. I'm Corey Shrett, and joining me is my friend, Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, what's going on? Going well, Corey. How was that Super Bowl? That was a game, and that was about <laughs> it. I live in New England, and I like still was boring. <laughs> yeah, not much going on there. There was nothing going on. That was all in all a boring, from the moment the kickoff was, to the commercials, to the halftime show, till. The actual zero seconds on the clock at the fourth quarter, mm, nothing. I, I left for an hour and I came back and it was the same score. Well, actually, I, I don't know about you, but I think you probably did a good thing because you left. Hopefully there was less traffic on the roads because people were actually watching the game. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think I think I think there have been more people interested in the game if it wasn't the Rams and the Patriots. <laughs> you could have skipped to the third and fourth quarter and had the same game. Oh, I know. Like let, let's have edited highlights. Like there's the kickoff and touchdown and game over. Okay. <laughs> well, they also said it was the lowest scoring uh, Super Bowl ever. Which is crazy, yeah. Yeah, and kind of makes sense, though. I mean, all the Super Bowls I've seen, this is like, really? Are you guys going to score? Hey, that area way over there, that's where you get the points. <laughs> yeah. Go there. I now. think they said red zone once, which means they're like within 20, 20 yards of the end zone. Like, hmm. Oh, red zone ones. All right, enough football talk because we're not here for football. We're here for science fiction. This week we're going to talk about the uh, forty-one minute long short called Beyond. Changing it up a little bit this week, but before we do, let's get to some news. And Brian is going to hurt me with this first story. This is sad, sad news. Um, the Travelers is set to end with three seasons. That's right. One of the favorite uh, sci-fi shows that we haven't talked about yet, but we will is ending at, with its third season. Uh, Eric McCormick made a a somber message on Twitter, kind of saying, you know, it was a good run, um, but there's no more, there's no season four. Um, he said that it's, it's the end of Traveler's Program 1. I didn't know what he meant by that because I haven't seen season three, but maybe Corey did. Yes, I have, and you should because we could have talked about where it could go in season four, but we cannot. Um, but I'm still going to watch it. I, it's on my list. It's on my uh, queue. Well, I will say this much. At least it's it's gives you a satisfying ending where, mm -hmm. the, where the show could say, okay, we're done with season three. Or it can be like, we can do a season four. It doesn't leave it like hanging like, where are we going with it next? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm content with this. Do you think they were reading the tea leaves and that's why they did that? Or maybe they're just covering their own backside just in case it didn't. Yeah. Renewed. I don't know. It's... Yeah, three seasons too short though. Um, but we've got what, what like thirty something episodes of it to watch. So, and I think it also might be because uh, the creator Brad Wright is also working on a new Stargate, possibly, and maybe yeah. he's got his hands full. Who knows? Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I don't want. Uh, we're ending Travelers because I'm going to work on Stargate. Really. It could be. I don't know. I'm just making a guess. I don't know, but yeah, it's we sad. yeah we're gonna review uh, season one in two weeks because the Orville's off for a week, so we're gonna review season one and hopefully we get two and three out pretty quickly too. Just uh, just because I, Brian keeps telling me you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, and I finally watch it. And I'm like, I got all the way in. He's like, I didn't finish yet. I'm like, you told me to Stuff watch it. it. Stuff got in the way. You told me, you kept saying, you got, man, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I sat down and I inhaled it. And then you're like, I haven't finished it yet. Like, you son of a biscuit. Corey has more free time. That's all I got to say. On the weekend? <laughs> yes. I, well, 
let's say, let's just say on the weekends, I watch all the stuff for the podcast. I do all the notes and set up the website for all the podcasts. And uh, yeah, so I take advantage of any free time I have, especially I get up early and there's nobody else up in the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course. All right, let's Good move on. on. Yeah. Let's move on, my friend, to, we were talking about the Super Bowl earlier, but there's a article over Gizmodo talking about science fiction sports. And uh, they highlight a few of them here. And let's go through some of these. Uh, first one is Robot Boxing from Real Steel, which was a very good movie. I think we reviewed that movie. We did. Rock'em, Sock'em, Robot. It looks. It was so much better than we expected it to be. It surprised us. I mean, I, I was like, wow, this is actually good. Yes, it really was. Go check out our reviews on that one. Uh, the second one is The Disc Wars from Tron Legacy. I never, I never really sat down and fully watched Tron Legacy all the way through. I thought it was a good sequel. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, okay. I've heard good and bad about it. Um, third one is Rollerball from Rollerball. Did you ever see Rollerball? No, I have oh not. Oh, God. This is a 1970s film with James Caan where it's basically like like, uh, like ro- ro- uh, roller derby type of things with balls. You have to get into these little holes. It's like it's like an arm. It's like end of the world type of games. Who might have to watch? Kind of like one. Running Man or no? Kind of the same idea. Sign of the post-apocalyptic world type of thing. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, that one. Of course, the next one is The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, there was a film, Battle Royale, I saw, which was the same idea. Did you ever see that one? Um, Asian yeah, film? Battle Royale has the same, pre- similar premise, but yeah, a lot more blood and gore. Yeah, a little, hor- a little more horror in the beginning of it too with the whole bus thing and stuff i just kind of freaked yeah. me out but yeah i enjoyed that one too and it had a different a little bit different concept in it but it was just as good as the first hunger games which to me took a little long to actually get to the hunger games portion of the the movie <laughs> yeah uh the running man great movie yes stephen king story actually the pod racing from the god awful star wars episode one phantom menace no take that off the list uh, that was probably the most action in that movie was that race. When still didn't care. They should just retitle it the pod race. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. Uh, space football from starship troopers. I remember that. I do too. That was of course a, a, a memorable classic death race 2000. You ever see that one? I haven't. Oh my God. Roger Corman classic film. Brent? Is it worth reviewing? I don't know. <laughs> I will watch it again. Well, you know how Roger Corman films are. Oh yeah. So it, over the top, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I we might have to. I I love that film. I mean, they've made remakes and sequels to remakes and stuff, but the, oh yeah, the original was the best. <sighs> Quidditch World Cup from Harry Potter. Man, Meh. never saw Harry Potter. Don't don't really care. That's more fantasy. It, it, yeah, that's sort of a fine line. And the last one here, ironically, uh, the Monstar Basketball from Space Jam. There must what what segment of the population likes Space Jam? Because I hear people like I love Space Jam, and I'm like, why? It must be our our generation. I mean, we're not that far apart in age. It came out in like '96, but I mean, you would be closer to it because I would have been like in my mid twenties. And I don't think I would want to watch a cartoon. No, I graduated in 95. So no, no, you're 19, you know, yeah. I'm 25. So it's like, no, that's, I don't know, but people are still fans of this. I, that's what I'm talking about. I don't understand. And the funny thing though, is 
and I don't know if they changed it, but I remember a few years ago, if you go to the website, it was the same website from like 1996. Lousy graphics and all that stuff. They never updated it. Oh, well. <laughs> all right, let's move on to something else, that a uh, film that is is or uh, was released at Sundance called I Am Mother. Yeah, I put this in here because it looked interesting and it's kind of something to put on a radar that we're hopefully going to review. Um, this is coming from Slash Film and it's called I Am Mother. Um, it, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Um, I have a friend that's in the industry and he also gave it high marks. I mean, I'm not going to read the article because the article seems like it's a little spoilery. Ugh. Uh, did you read the whole article? No, I didn't. I just glanced through okay. it. I don't want the spoilers, though. No, no, I'm not going to spoil anything. No. But it, it's, it sounds like a cool post-apocalyptic type of story. Um, it says, after an extinction-level event on Earth, a robot in a protected repopulation facility designed to preserve humanity takes one of the 60,000-plus 60, human embryos and raises it as her child. And it's this robot raising a child type of thing. That's the interesting part. Um, another human shows up and says that, no, these robots tried to kill me. They're bad. So it's kind of like this nurture, nature nurture type of thing. Is the robot the mother? Is the girl, is the woman played by Hillary Swank telling the truth? Um, the robot's supposed to remind, is supposed to be almost picture perfect um, as far as human movements and things like that. They're modeled after the Boston dynamic robots, um, kind of like a howl from 20, uh, 2001 type of feel to it. It sounds cool. Um, Slashdown gave it a nine out of 10 rating. Like I said, it, it sounds like something right up our alley. Mm, yeah, it does sound great. Um, I hope it gets either a wider release or it comes out like right on DVD or streaming or whatever right away. Well, those Sundance um, movies are, are there to get distribution. So somebody is probably going to pick it up, either Netflix, Amazon. It, it's going to get wide, I think. Dear Netflix, pick it up so we can review it really quick. <laughs> there you go. As we on the last one where we get from science fiction to science fact here, uh, Apollo 11. So apparently before the actual Apollo 11 launch, uh, NASA made a deal with MGM Studios to actually film the mission preparations in the aftermath, but MGM gave up on it to make the sound of music. <laughs> Lame. Yep. So this footage was locked away in a vault somewhere, and now it's coming to the big screen with audio called from over 11,000 hours of uncatalogued recordings. And this looks beautiful. And it was shot in 70 millimeter, which mm. is another thing. It's going to be gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't wait to see this when it comes out. Yeah, and of course, they're ironically, quote-unquote, they're getting this out for the 50th anniversary. Uh, do we have a date, or is it in there? No, there. I didn't see a date in here. I couldn't find a date anywhere, but I'm assuming probably by July, because that's when the uh, the moon landing occurred. Mm, that'd be awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can see this being like an IMAX thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, 70 millimeter? Come on. Yeah, I bet it'll be IMAX and, uh, you know, all the little science places are going to be playing it. Yeah, or, and and maybe, or hopefully this will come out streaming right away, too. Uh, this is, sounds like something you'd want to see in the theater, though. Oh, I agree. I agree. This this yeah. would be a true IMAX experience, I think. This would be one of those. Oh. Yeah, I would definitely watch it in the theater. Yeah. 
that that that's gonna be and we've all seen a lot of the the standard footage from Apollo 11 but I mean the fact that we could get more of it now that's been like basically hidden away for 50 years it's just just amazing yeah it's new footage never seen by the human eyes so that's so awesome so we'll have to keep our eyes out for Apollo 11 all right we should probably get moving on to the the movie here it's called Beyond which came out February 5th 2015 written by Joe Penna and Ryan Morris and directed by Joe Penna Starring Ray Trickett, Circus Saluski. I should read these names first. Jade Harlow, Amanda Christensen, and a lot more people at 41 minutes. And of course, we have the, the link in the uh, the web uh, show notes. And uh, yeah, I was surprised. At first, I'm thinking to myself, is this film going to be all subtitles? Yeah, it was a very interesting start. Yeah, I didn't know where it was going at the beginning. That's what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and all, uh, oh, yeah. all I had to go at was like multi error tale of immortality and time travel. So, yeah. And I mean, I mean, we talked about this before, but the title really doesn't help you with anything. Yeah. I wish they came up with a more catchy title because that's not, it doesn't describe the movie very well. No. At all. No. I mean, really, beyond, beyond what, you know, I mean, has nothing to do with the storyline. I mean, it's, it starts off in year 500 AD, and it's like, okay, they're speaking, I, I think it was Italian. I, I, I believe it was Latin. No, Latin. Latin. Okay, thank you. I was like, I'm like, I don't really know this language. I'm just reading the subtitles. And then the, then that little, the, I call it the EpiPen because that's what it looked like. The EpiPen fell out of the bag. And I'm like, ooh, interesting. Yeah. I got a little, uh, little, little gruesome there too with the injection. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't understand. At first, I didn't understand what, what happened. I thought he was dead immediately. I was like, really? The first aid thing killed you? <laughs> I didn't even honestly think he was the main guy in this story. Yeah. I thought at first they were, because they were talking about the other guys, like, do you know who he is? You don't know anything, but you're inviting him here to stay. And I'm like, oh, we're going to follow the other guy. And it's like, okay, we're not following the other guy. I guess we're going to stick with this guy here. A good story is a story you won't know the answers until you watch the whole thing. And that's that's what this was. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, but the whole thing, I, I mean, and he's he's showing a little kid about every year you you mark your body to count to count the years of, like, I guess how long you've been alive or whatever like that. It says something about to signify where you've been. So mm. it's kind of like tied into the time travel aspect. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because then we jump to 624 and there he is. He's marking his body, counting how many decades it's been since, you know, this whole thing started. 15 decades. So yeah. 150 years. It's crazy just crazy then we get to france in 1249 with him and a woman yeah then we get a little morality thing here where he meets a woman Mm -hmm. um uh supersedes that woman uh lives longer than her she dies and he learned a lesson that no i'm never gonna love again Mm kind of sad Yep. Um, but his his sole goal at the beginning of this is to find the person that, you know, made him immortal. Because to him, he does not like being immortal. Mm-hmm. So whoever that guy was way back when that was invited to to stay, the guy with the epipen. And basically, to me, yeah, to basically meet all these scenes were just a were were just like the prologue to the actual story. They were, yeah. But like, it was cool because little bits of information was given to us. Right. That way I mean, did you know what was going on when you got to this point? 
No, I did not. Okay. I just, just making sure. Uh, did you? No, no. Okay. I had no clue where no. we were going. I didn't either. I'm just like, okay. I'm like, I what I what I was thinking of when we get to the next scene in 2027 and we see that other guy. I was expecting for him just to sit there and just wait until he gets to 2027 and finally confront the guy. Right. That's what the uh, I was thinking as well. I mean, like that's, he's gonna he's gonna confront him and then he's going to go. Why did you do this to me? And the movie's over. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm expecting that, and I'm, and I'm glad the film went a totally different way with it. I did like the concept of time traveling with that ring. I thought that was a cool little thing. Oh, that, and I like how you push it and it opens up into a rain. And yeah, because um, I was thinking this that whenever we see some kind of tri- time travel device, it's always some big, huge thing. It's a phone booth, it's uh, a big spaceship, but no, let's have it small so it's discreet. That was what I liked about it. Yeah. But yeah, also there was a uh, a contact lens because I think he had a HUD in there, right? Yeah, they were talking. They talked about that. How he can, I guess, like I don't know what he really sees. They, but they said there's some sort of like, you know, like you said, a heads up display with information. We saw a little bit of it, but we never really got to see what it can do. Mm-hmm. But I guess this, I'm, I'm assu- I don't know if this was his first tra- travel back, but this at this moment is when he travels back to that time we see at the beginning of the the, the film, right. We get to see him interacting, you know, basically with the monks. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to see how that, that, that pen of his works to heal him instantly. Um, the funny, the other funny thing is, you know, he basically reappears. Yeah. He basically reappears seconds later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he's, and he's got like a scar on his arm or on his face. But yeah, the, um, that's the thing is, uh, I mean, I always wondered, how did he travel back there? Did he did he have to think it? Did they have to program the ring? Was it like an automatic recall? Was it after so many minutes he'd come back or, or what? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he used his last little injector, though, to heal his, heal his face. We yeah. don't know how he got scarred at that point. No. Well, of course, we find that out later. Right. But then he explains he also, what? He also learns about the book, some book that he found that just kind of showed up one day. Yeah. And I was kind of figuring, I kind of figured out how that would have gotten there. And kind of like, you figured like, it out. I, it seemed like the obvious choice kind of, I didn't know who did it, but I had a feeling it was the results at the end were, you know, like they, they are supposed to be, but I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that it took him years to de- decode the cipher in this book, I was just like, wow. I always think in the back of my head, who put the cipher there, you know? Well, that's that's the bootstrap paradox. There's no origin. There's no origin. No. It's the book is there, so he copies it from the book, takes the book, sends it back, later gets that same book, copies it from the book. Nobody actually put the information in the book originally. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's gotcha. Boot, called the bootstrap paradox. Yep. <laughs> See, I did not know there was a name for that. Yep, there is. So yeah, that's what it is. There's nobody put it in there. It was it's been there the whole time. Hmm. Now I gotta ponder that for a minute. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's kind of it's kind okay. of a weird thing. Uh what else we got here? Oh, the last page of the book was ripped in half. Yeah. Which was like, oh come on, of course. By the time you figure out what it's it says, you uh you know, it's too late. <laughs> Don't go back here. You already find half the page here. 
Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. He moves, he goes back into the, well, he goes into the future now after, you know, fighting with scientist guy. I forgot his name. I think his name is Wade. Wade. Yeah. He basically disappears. And then he's like, he found the other book that is fully filled out. And then he starts following along. He gets on that flight in 1969. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a little cheesy to have somebody from Cypra on the flight. Yeah, but it puts it all together too. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, he's drawing his own blood, trying to figure out what's going on. Because he knows that Cypra obviously is going to, is the whole key to this whole thing. But it's a little self fulfilling prophecy kind of <laughs> yeah it kind of is yeah i mean the 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 question i have in my head is would cypher be there if it wasn't for him or he created cypher basically he created cypher you think he created cypher well he he made cypher go the extra mile he gave them the money too yes you're right well, no he and he gave him his his blood he his yeah, blood had the isotope in it that's true that's true. So they would not have found the isotope. They would not have found those tr- proteins. Okay. So you say they would not have found the isotope if it wasn't for his blood, right? Mm-hmm. And how would he, how would his blood become that way? That That's another one of your loopholes. There you go. That's it. Another, yeah. another bootstrap paradox. The, because they can do it because they caused his blood to be that way. They became big company because of, the discovery from his blood. Yeah, it's a whole circle thing. Yeah. So there's no circle beginning. J. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the word, but I held back. <laughs> um, but I mean, when we're, while, while they're talking about the different enzymes or proteins, there's two proteins. There was the enthazyme protein mm-hmm. and then the Zellox protein. Right. The Zellox protein stops bleeding. The enthazyme one. We learn later what it does. Right. Did that one come from him? I don't know. That one that one was like a weird one. Like the Zellox obviously came from him. The other right. one may have been just one they fabricated. Maybe because he never had any of that in him. So it's like, where'd that come from? Yeah, I think that was just thrown in there. But I do like the fact that he's, as he's slowly taking this stuff out of his bloodstream, he's getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it, it takes a while. It's not like, oh, it's all out. I'm done. It takes years for him to actually get all of this stuff out of his blood. Because it has been in his blood forever. Right. It's basically, after watching how to watch it again, um, it's basically like extracting plasma from your blood. Right. I mean, that's what because it feels- Because he asked, can you isolate the compound from blood? Mm-hmm. And that was the part where he could take, he could extract it out of his blood so he wouldn't, he would age again. Right. I will say though, the the old version of him looked really bad makeup wise. Yeah, that was the one thing in this film I I did not like was it looked so fake. That's where it went ultra low budget for me. And for a moment there, I'm like, is that the same guy? I couldn't even tell because it just. I mean, it. They gave him like an Einstein look. Yeah, and it's like, uh, did you go to the Halloween store and pick up this stuff? It was just horrible. Yeah. But, but that, otherwise, the, the you know I, you wouldn't have told you couldn't have told this was a, a low budget film, you know. 
No, you no. Know, besides that, no, you couldn't have. Um, yeah, there wasn't that many special effects either, which made it obviously easier to do. But then I felt like we had a third part of this film with with the woman doing with her little superpowers. Yeah, that was that was look that took me out a little bit because I was like, now it's a superhero movie or something. Yeah, you know? I, was, I know it was like okay, we we diverted away from this one guy. Now it's basically about her trying to break in to this place to help him. They they kind of shoehorned that in. That yeah. was the only thing I did. It was shoehorned in. It kind of a, was a distraction. The effects were cheesy. Mm-hmm. The the way she controlled the the guard was cheesy. I was just like, okay, I was good until this point. That should have been a superhero movie itself. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah. They kind of the last few minutes. I'm just like, oh my god, what are you doing here? They were they were going so well. You know, they could have wrote something else entirely and got rid of that B story. Yeah, because I was like, why are we doing this? This really doesn't yeah. help the story. Yeah. But I, I love the fact that before that, he's at that coffee shop and he buys the new version of the book to copy the old book into it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Saw this coming. Mm-hmm. That was your little- That was my little, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's no one ever started this thing. It's the whole circle thing. Circle J. Yep. Yepper. <laughs> um, so it was also cool that he paid off that woman- so she can be a superhero for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. And then puts the book on the doorstep and then travels back to 1299 to basically die by the grave of his wife. Mm-hmm. So is that the reason he did the whole thing? Just so he could die there with her? Um. Well, he needed to be, he needed to die somewhere better there than anywhere else, I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, his little speech at the end was kind of cool, kind of powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to suffer to save humanity. It wasn't a random cosmic event. It was necessary. He was chosen. Um, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, I, I shouldn't mean, say it like that. Yeah, blah blah blah. It was it was a good speech. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it's a small contained story. It didn't have to go an hour and a half long. Thank God. That would I think we would have been bored of this. It would have been I think it would have been a lot more jumping around. Like, oh, let's go to 1969. Oh, let's go to 1914. Let's go to whatever. You know, it would have been a bunch of those stories. If they if they cut out Cecilia's part, it would have been a 30-minute story. It would have been much better, too. Yeah. I think they I think they could have tightened it up a little bit. But still, for 41 minutes, I I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I wasn't um looking up my watch or anything. I was I was enthralled the whole time. I was kind of looking at it near the superhero parts. So I was like, oh, can we yeah, fast forward? I rolled my eyes. Can I, I rolled my eyes a lot. Can I fast forward through this, please? Yeah. So all in all, I mean, I mean, how would you rate this this bad boy? I mean, I would rate this seven, maybe. Yeah, I was going I was going like an yeah, I was gonna go set I was gonna go eight, but I think you're right. I think seven, because the superhero part kinds of knocks it down a notch. If it didn't have a superhero fart, I would have given it an eight. Oh yes, yeah, that's an eight. Yeah, but but still, it was it, it was a good. One. I'm glad I stumbled over this one. I don't even know. I told you before. I don't even know how I found this one. It was just like, oh look, there's a link for something. Let me let me save it and we'll watch it down the road. And if you're listening and you got this far, you can you can watch this for free on YouTube. So yeah, sayproductions.com/slash/sci-fi/watch. You head over to episode 250. We have the link in there for you. Yeah, let us know what you think. 
Yeah, please do. And uh, we'll let you know how to do that in a minute. But let's before we do that, let's thank Brian Lee for being here. Brian, where can we find you online? I can find me on Twitter or Instagram. It's Brian Says. And of course, we're at saveproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. You can email us at sci-fi watcher at saveproductions.com or drop us a voicemail anytime, 774-327-2948. 774-32-SAY-IT. Boy, we did a lot. We're doing a lot of stuff around here. Uh, did check out our uh, review from last week, Netflix original IO. Next week, we're doing the documentary. We're doing a documentary next week for the love of Spock. I, I'm excited to do this one. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know anything about it. I'm, I'm anxious to see it, though. I know very little bit more than you. I know it's his son that, that did it, and uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, join us for on Wednesday as we review the latest new episode of The Orville. On Thursday, we're catching up on Rick and Morty. So uh, four episodes or three episodes a week, so make sure you join us there. And uh, if you want to watch us live when we do these episodes, join us on Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's 12 midnight UTC. Head on over to sayproductions.com slash YouTube for that. Join us, join in the chat room, join the conversation. Love to have you. Well, that's it, my friends, for this week's episode. Until next time, have a good one.